She's a former public school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. He's a talk show host who's made a career covering politics from afar. Now, Christine Stegall and her husband Chris have chosen a new path forward for their child in Christian education. Join them as they explore and experience this important alternative in education for the first time. Welcome to Making the Leap. Parents are frustrated. After COVID, all across the country, parents began to say, wait a minute now, like, I don't have to put up with this. Like, we don't just have to send our kids to school and just, you know, hope that they learn and hope that they, you know, receive good grades. We can actually stand up and be an active player in the in the politics of it. Welcome back into another episode of Making the Leap. We're so glad you're here with us today. We've got a great guest coming up, Denisha Allen, um, who I have seen things that she's written, things that she has written. I've shared things that she's written before. I really like the way her mind works. And she is going to be talking with us today about the um, the reform, I'll say, I'll use the word reform, that yep. uh, Ron DeSantis is um helping to facilitate down in Florida that just got passed, which is exciting. Um, so she's here to talk a little bit about that and her organization or a group that she helps head up called Black Minds Matter. Yeah, so multiple states now, six I think, are, uh, are now uh, officially signed on to give mm-hmm. your money, your tax money, back to you as, as the taxpayer to put it to where your kids want to go. We've, um, as we've been talking with different people, we've been getting some really good reviews and some really good emails. Oh, good. And I'm glad because I feel like as we bring guests like Denisha or as we had um, Nicole Solis a few weeks ago, I think Mm -hmm. as we've had these people on, um, I think it's resonating a lot with readers. But we also bring on people like Matt and Amy Barnard who have started their own schools or um, uh, Jamie and Luke, I believe out of also out of the Kansas City area who have started their own schools and we recently received an email and I this is from two women uh, I'm going to say Leah I hope I'm pronouncing that right and Angie and they reached out with an email that just um, if I if I could wrap it up in a bow and consider it an early Christmas gift I would I guess early birthday gift or you know that kind of thing for me um, I just wanted to share this because I think there is power in sharing our stories and because Amy and Matt come on and share and Luke and Jamie come on and share, I think there are situations like this that are occurring more and more. And who is this from again? This is from Leah and Angie and they do not have a state or I think they do have a state. Yes. Uh, North Georgia. So they're in Georgia, oh, which is cool. interesting. So alongside Florida, right? right? Um, thank you so much for sharing your story, wisdom, and other stories. I came across this pos- podcast while looking at the Herzog website, which I thought was great. Um, I laughed when I saw the name of the podcast. God is so good. I actually Zoomed with Luke Johnson right after I discovered your podcast. Ah. So I was like, I love that. I am in the process of starting a Christian, possibly classical school in North Georgia in a small town. I am currently a public school elementary gifted teacher. Along with my colleague, we see a need to teach young children how to be salt and light in an ever-changing world. Um, As you know, we can see up close what is coming down the pike in public education. We want to help develop Christian leaders for tomorrow and teach students how to use discernment and how to think for themselves so they have the ability to take Jesus into the world. We want to start a Christian school because we truly feel God has called us to do that. Our community doesn't have a Christian school. We're in the middle of a tri-county area. There are a couple of options in the three counties, but nothing close to us. Our community is growing rapidly, and we just know that people and our children need this option. 
Our main goal is to be salt and light and teach kids how to be salt and light. The name of our school is Leap Academy, which is why ah, earlier she said she cool. liked making the leap. Leap L is for leadership. H is for um, I'm sorry. E is for excellence. A is for academics. P is for partnerships. The L is for leadership because we see a need in our world right now in our community for Christian leaders, and we would like to help develop them from the youngest age. We also feel like excellence is very vital to a child's ed education. We see way too much settling for mediocrity and just students not being pushed to do their best. The A is for academics, which of course are very important and the crux of any school. We will incorporate what we know to be the standards and what we know to be the truth and hopefully marry the two. The P is because in the Bible, it says that parents are ultimately responsible for the education of their children. We will require parents to partner with us and help the school and help their own children in the process of education. Would you all pray for our future students, teachers, parents, and school, as well as the impact on generations to come? Oh, how cool is that? Isn't that not amazing? And that came right on the heels of our conversation with Matt and Amy, who we've now had on twice. Um, people, parents, regular parents, regular teachers who see a need and they're stepping up to fill it and taking the leap. And I love that their school is the Leap Academy. That's I was When I read it, I was just like, oh, that's amazing. I'll never look at the name of the show the same again. <laughs> One more time, their names were? Their names are Leah and Angie in Georgia. Leah and Angie in Georgia. Yes. God bless you. We will pray for the success of your school. And I hope when you get it launched, yes. you will let us know about it. And we would maybe love we'll, uh, to talk with have you. Have you pop on the show and talk about what you've been going Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Um, so it's just a great... Um, a way to reach out and connect with us because those emails, I think they are important. So you can always send us an email at hello at making the Um, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram at making the leap podcast, Twitter, making underscore the underscore leap podcast. And then as always, anytime you're downloading, um, an episode of our podcast and, um, you know, leaving us those five-star reviews and leaving us those comments, those always are very helpful to us. And we have a couple of really great ones from there, too, that I wanted to share oh, right. that I didn't know that if you had seen. Cool. You're starting with all positive stuff. I to am. Because, I, yes, because you just never know where things are going to go sometimes. No, <laughs> so, so this is um, from early March. This is from March 13. There's no name listed. KVN is the, um, the letters with the with the review. Um, I've been listening to Chris for years on his radio station and podcasts. Now the addition of his wife, Christine in a podcast that hits so close to home. This has given my wife and I the tools we need to stand up for our daughter's education. Thank you, Chris and Christine, oh, which nice. I was so nice. And then, um, one from March 18th and this, um, maybe Latasha, uh, praise God for people that dedicate their lives to standing up for Christian education. Herzog and this podcast are huge blessings to me. Wow, nice. And oh, I that's just, wonderful. isn't that such a great thing? Because I think it's really important to remember that we're going to hit um, roadblocks and obstacles. We've talked with people that hit them regularly. I think coming together in this community, being supported by an organization like Herzog, I am proud to be affiliated with an organization like Herzog. I think it's important to continue to share the good news, the good things that are happening, the good that people are doing. Agreed. One of our favorite organizations, uh, it's one that I've talked to uh, several times throughout uh, my radio career, a fantastic organization called the American Federation for Children. Mm -hmm. Denisha Allen is a uh, senior fellow at the American Federation for Children. She's also founder of something called Black Minds Matter. Mm -hmm. Love the name of that organization. <laughs> and joins us now. Denisha, welcome to Making the Leap. Hi, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We are... Um, enamored with your story and, and uh this is the week 
This is the show where we salute Ron DeSantis in Florida as now the <laughs> sixth state of the union, I believe, mm-hmm. sixth or seventh, that's now made it official. School choice is the law of the land in six or seven states. So we're rolling. You guys at AFC have got to be cheering that, Denisha. That's right. I know. I'm from the great state of Florida. <laughs> so the big news um, last week and then the bill signing yesterday uh, with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis giving universal school choice for every student in the state has just been such, you know, a cheerleader rock star. I'm biased. I love Florida. You know, I was getting a little bit nervous because other (laughs) states had, you know, passed bills before us, had passed universal school choice before us. But we finally got there and we're (laughs) We're still the greatest state in the country. <laughs> What's in that bill? What what should people understand yeah. about it? And if you could just kind of explain it generally. Florida was always kind of well known as improving test scores and, and doing pretty well by students in public school. Um, they had sort of a, a, a version of school choice, but it wasn't really full-blown school choice. Can you kind of talk about the evolution of it, maybe what you went through as a student and now where we find it today? Mm-hmm. Sure thing. Um, so, yes, starting, you know, even a little bit before Governor um, Jeb Bush, he really got the ball rolling with um, education reform in the state of Florida. Um, and we we saw the snowball happen there. There were uh, small but monumental changes with grading each public school A through F. So parents could see the trans- see through transparency how their schools were doing, if this school is actually quality. And from then, we saw this expansion of, of school choice in the state of Florida with providing um, scholarships to private schools for students. Um, when I was in school, I, I had the opportunity to take advantage in K-12 school. I had the opportunity to take advantage of the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship Program. Um, and that changed my life personally. When I went to my local school, my local zone school, I failed the third grade twice because I couldn't read. And it wasn't until I was able to go to a private school on a scholarship that I began to love education. And, you know, you talk about evolution. I'm sitting here reflecting, actually, uh, writing an op-ed because that's what we do in communications. You know, we do podcasts <laughs> or we drop in or Twitter or Twitter. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, when I was a student, get this, the teachers union had sued the program twice. I remember I was the MC when I was in high school at the largest at the time parental choice rally in the state. Over 10,000 parents marched the Capitol to tell the teachers union to drop the suit, to commission the state Supreme Court, to let students and families pick the school that best meets their needs. Because the teachers union had said, no, we need to eject all of these kids out of these private schools and send them back to their local school, which is which was failing, which was mm-hmm. failing me. And that happened twice while I was in grade school. And so to, to now get to mm-hmm. a moment to see all of that fight that parents had to do, even, you know, not to um, say that Ron DeSantis is in office because of, but there was a very slim margin between Democrat Andrew Gillum and Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. And there's a wonderful Wall Street Journal post that said that there were black moms who were beneficiaries of the scholarship program, the the 
tax credit scholarship program in the state of Florida who voted more for Ron DeSantis by margin than um, Andrew Gillum. And so parents have been fighting for this time, and it's Ron DeSantis has continued to stand up for families. He's not let that um, go down by the wayside. We see so many politicians get in office, and they renege on their campaign promises. And that's not um, Governor um, DeSantis. He's definitely um, provided way more. And to, um, to to outline the bill a little bit, um, so now instead of having a scholarship program that's for uh, lower-income families, um, all incomes can be eligible within three years. So in three years, it'll be uh, totally universal, but the cap on income has uh, went to uh, to the height of uh, 400% um, above the poverty line, which is about $110,000 for a family of four, and then it'll expand eligibility um, each year. And so currently, um, there are about 180 students who receive the tax credit scholarship, and that'll be universal starting next year. Every student in Florida will be eligible, and they'll be eligible to receive about $8,000 in their tax dollars to go wherever they want or to use on whatever they want. If a parent wants to buy extra learning materials or tutoring services, um, tablets or books, um, they'll be able to do that in addition to paying um, uh, paying private school tuition. That's amazing. I Just listening to those numbers, the amount that are utilizing it now and the amount of students that will be able to is staggering. To I me. always ask parents, point blank, even if they don't know anything about school choice, they've never thought about it before, mm-hmm. if you just walk up to anybody who's a parent and has kids in school on the street and you just say, Hey, your state spends approximately, you used $8,000. Your state spends $8,000 on your student every year. What if I just gave that to you mm-hmm. to spend it on the school of your choosing? Is there a single parent you've ever met that would say, no, I don't like that idea at all. They all love it, right? I mean, like, it's just so common sense, Tanisha. You're, you've gotten that right. No, no parent has ever said, no, 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 just send that money to public school. We just want the money to stay with public school, to fund public schools. No, they're like, we care about our kid mm-hmm. and making sure our kid gets a high-quality education. There's so much craziness right now happening in Baltimore, Maryland, with just depressing, and it, it's so sad what's happening to the students in Baltimore. And the average per-pupil expenditure in Baltimore City is twenty one thousand dollars, and those parents in Baltimore are not saying no. Let that money stay with public schools. That's right. not giving our kids a quality education. They're saying, 000. please I, give us that money. Well, you've got an editorial here. In fact, I have at Fox News. I think you wrote this. Baltimore's failing school system is making school choice the only hope. That's right. Twenty one thousand dollars per pupil, and for schools that are. And yeah, their graduation rate yes. is 69%. Right. That's uh, not a great... With test scores that are mm-hmm. dropping like crazy with gaps that have to be uh, closed, not only just from COVID, but from years prior. Like, you've worked your way up to this system. Even if you gave people in Baltimore half that money, Gosh. you gave them ten, eleven thousand right. dollars right. a year per pupil, right? What could they do with that? Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. They're, they're really setting up the students in Baltimore for failure. <clears throat> and it's really sad what's happening 
and they're but they're they're helping us to make the case for more education freedom because right. parents are parents are frustrated after covid all across the country parents began to say wait a minute now like i don't have to put up with this <laughs> like we don't just have to send our kids to school and just you know hope that they learn and hope that they you know receive good grades we can actually stand up and be an active player in the in the politics of it you know they're not just mm-hmm. fighting you know teachers and or the school administration anymore they're fighting politicians and it's a beautiful thing because they're you know they're taking power into their own hands we've seen this great micro school movement this you know where mm-hmm. individuals are like well, it can't be that hard if, if they keep feeling it can't be that hard. We can try at this. And um, and we, we've seen it. Like you, you mentioned at the top of the hour, like we are we've seen this school choice wave happen across the country where, yes, six states now have passed um, universal school choice where every student in the state is now eligible to receive scholarships. And what teachers' unions um, know, Denisha, what makes teachers' unions so frightened is they know that if if six states do it, there's going to be more, and mm -hmm. and, and soon populations will start to shift. What what you will see, and this this is the beauty of federalism, right? Federalism allows every state to be its own laboratory. They all create their own marketplaces, and they compete with one another. And sure enough, what you're going to see, people in, in Maryland and Pennsylvania and Michigan, blue states that won't allow this stuff, they're going to move to the states that are allowing for that's it, Denisha. Right. That's right. what's going to happen. That's, that's right. That's the hope. You know, I'm uh, Florida's neighboring state is Georgia. And I've, I've talked to several people like, wait, Florida just did what? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we need to move to Florida. <laughs> and so you're exactly right. I'm like, oh, Lord, with the, you know, we already don't have. I'm I trying was to say you're already. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, Florida may break off the continent with the, the population that oh, shifted the down of there. people going there. I know. Well, remember, like they were saying that Florida's supposed to sink. So we don't need people to move to Florida. Cause <laughs> so instead, we need other states to do what Florida did. And let them stay there. That's right. <laughs> let people just be there. Well, we're here in Missouri now, Denisha, where to our north in Iowa, they did it. And to our south, the new governor, uh-huh. Huckabee Sanders, did it in Arkansas. I, I, I'm constantly talking to Missouri and Jefferson mm-hmm. City like, what the heck? We got people to our north and to our yeah. south doing it. Get it together, guys. Well, that's exciting, actually, because there might be political pressure on the state because the neighboring states have done it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the hope. That is. It is. What do you say, Denisha, and I might stumble over my words a little bit, but what do you say when, um, you know, the, the argument I hear, I hear two different arguments a lot on on these, you know, tax credit, you know, on these scholarships, right? When we're talking about scholarships, sending kids to different schools or allowing them to choose is that we're now in effect saying it's tax money that, um, it still has government strings attached to it. That's one thing that I hear a lot with this. And then the other piece is that we're still not solving the problem of um, curriculum as it's being handed down from the Department of Education. That Desi, you know, that that wherever you are, whatever state you're in, that Department of Education isn't being reformed, and that so we're not solving the problem. And I know that's two separate issues, but um, I come across it, I come up against it a lot, and it seems to be. I know there's misconceptions within them, and I'm just curious what you would say to both of those. Yeah, well, you know, with this. It was a theory, but now it's actually becoming 
what, what's after theory when it's fact, <laughs> actuality, yeah. reality? Yeah. Fact, yeah. <laughs> it's becoming a reality because you, we did, we started this school choice education freedom construct, Milton Freeman, you know, as just theoretical. What will happen if we did this? Mm-hmm. But in that is trusting parents to choose the best environment for their kid. And so um, with on the curriculum front, we may not be able to regulate what some schools teach, but that's the power of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, a parent can choose to send their kids to a school that teaches, you know, religious instruction. Um, one parent may not want that for their kid. They may want a arts based infused education for their child. And we do have to trust in parents to pick the best environment that meets that kid's individual and unique needs. Or just homeschool. And, <laughs> yeah. Or, or just homeschool. And that is of the community mm-hmm. where they do, to your first point, they say no government, you know, intervention. They don't want government mm-hmm. monies. They don't want government, you know, anything. And to those folks, well, you can homeschool. And that's mm-hmm. the power of, of education freedom. You are, I do... I do suggest that you take back your tax dollars. You're already paying them out to your local, you know, school to educate. But if you don't, if a homeschool parent doesn't choose to do that, that's their prerogative. They can choose to accept the money or not. Have you There's the, yeah. Mm-hmm. On that point, Denisha, sorry to interrupt. Have you seen any evidence? Cause I, Christine brings this up a lot because she hears it a lot. And I, it, it drives me crazy, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. I mean, it just drives me nuts. I know. And I always hesitate to, to share it, well, but it's important. Uh, it is because, because it, it just everywhere. keeps coming up. And I, mm-hmm. I, it dry, it's mm-hmm. like a circular argument. People keep saying, well, if we accept tax money back from the state, which is your money, it's your property. Government doesn't make anything. They don't produce anything. It is your money to keep. But the hang-up is there's always this suggestion that if the government is doling it out back to you, even though it's yours, Mm -hmm. they get to dictate and control the the terms of the way your child learns. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know where that's coming from, but there are people that are just committed to that idea. Can you speak to that? Is there any evidence of that? Well, I mean, it's kind of like when you, I mean, if you file your taxes, tax season, which I haven't done it yet, which is why it's top of my brain, <laughs> and I need to do that. But it's essentially the same thing. Like, if you are getting money back from the government, it's not because it's like, oh, hey, here's some more thousands of dollars. It's like, no, you already paid this to us. We're just giving mm-hmm. it back to you. Like, we took all this money from out of your paycheck. Here it is back. It's the same thing with education and all of the, you know, tax credits with ESA you already paid the money out, and the government is really, to be honest, just giving it back to were, us. Were there any the demands when you went through Florida and you uh, benefited, mm-hmm. for instance? Do you know of, were there any requirements related like to school your— school had to do something because they were accepting tax dollars. So if you are a, a student going to a private school, the universal, typically it varies state by state. In the state of Florida, schools do have to take a, uh, students have to take a, a state uh, norms reference test. Okay. That could be the test that public school students also take, or it could be just a, a, a another test that is um, approved by, by the state. Now, that's not a very high mandate because homeschool parents also have to do the same. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of similarities between what private school students have to do to 
um, you know, receive money, their school to receive money to, from certain scholarship programs that homeschool parents also have to do. So homeschool parents have to submit um, their records of, you know, uh, testing and how they're keeping up with their child's academics. Um, they have to have certain amount of days that they're actually teaching, uh, keeping in line with certain attendance policies, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the state has. And so they're different because, you know, a homeschool parent might say, well, I'm learning in Germany versus learning in a school building. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's the freedom that homeschooling uh, provides, but you still also have to take certain test to submit to the state to prove that the kid is actually in school and learning. And I think that's what I don't, I, I, I don't know, maybe I, maybe people disagree, maybe mm-hmm. you disagree. I don't. No, I, I definitely agree. I think that there is, the homeschool population is quite powerful. They have a mm-hmm. lot of um, political and legislative pull. Yes. And it would be very nice to have a lot of the support and um, uh, that the homeschooling community politically brings with the education uh, freedom movement. Sometimes we don't have that in the bill that is um, which uh, in um, Arizona, there's actually a separate byline that that talks about homeschooling parents and creates a separate um, you know, category for uh, parents wanting to receive the education savings account if they're homeschooling and sets out a different line of requirements and all that stuff that the homeschool community in Arizona is so com- it's comfortable with. And so that's been the, you know, the A plus plan around when it comes to um, homeschooling and following that piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, the demographics around the homeschooling community has changed. During COVID, right. in the Black community specifically, it was 3%. And that, after COVID, jumped to 16% wow. um, just in the African-American community. And the African-American community has traditionally voted for Democrat and has has had little writ large political power in swaying, you know. And so I I do think that there should be a wave, a shift in um the larger homeschool community to reflect that change in demographic. Mm-hmm. Um because writ large the predominantly black people are, are lower income. Um and so I think that yeah, lower income people benefit from school choice. I just don't see them working true. across purposes. I I, mm-hmm. I find it unfortunate that anyone in the homeschooling community would would see themselves as working at cross purposes with those who would either seek a private school, Christian school, uh, or public school. I I see school choice as a net positive for all, and I think there are still, and we've talked about this in previous shows, mm-hmm. homeschoolers are still to a degree mistrustful of this because they. Sure. They feel this is a backdoor to control the way sure. they want to dictate the terms of education for their kids. I, I just don't see any evidence of it, I guess is my point. And mm-hmm. I'm looking hard. If I thought mm-hmm. there was truly evidence, I would say, oh, here it is. I see what you mean. Right, I, right now, it seems like, sort of, I mean, respectfully, it seems like mm-hmm. kind of baseless. 
But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I mean, we'll. I mean, hey, we have six dates now. Uh, <laughs> we'll be up to hopefully 25 yeah. by the end of the year. I oh, so. I Fingers hope so. crossed. I know it'll be hard to deny all of this free money. So that'll be the, um, <laughs> the pull. But you can. I mean, to be board. clear, you can still just say no. I don't want my money right. back. You I guess can always do that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. Well, Denisha, we appreciate your time today. I think it was such an it was such a cool timing thing. Just when we read that you had received, um, you know, one of these tax scholarships when you were in school, and then to know what was happening here, and you know, recently within Florida, and it's just it's a cool it's it's just cool to watch, and it's neat to be able to continue to share information to um, help dispel. I think what are what are common miscon you know misconceptions and myths around. This idea of school choice, I think it's it's important to keep sharing. And I I love sharing the article, the things that you've written. I love just kind of pushing well, them out to people. Can we ask quickly, Denisha, before I let you go, on Black, Li uh, Black, Minds, Black Minds Matter? Mm -hmm. BlackMindsMatter.net. Yeah. I want people to know about this, right. too. That's right. Black Minds Matter. <laughs> I started that project um, during the social unrest that we saw in this country when after the murder of George Floyd, it seemed like everyone was trying to reconcile racial equality in the country, which was fabulous. You know, we, we there were some things that needed to be taken down. There were some things that needed to be revised or revamped that were like, OK, cool. But the one thing that I saw and, uh, you know, Black Minds Matter were playing off names <laughs> and that ha did not happen was the focus and the attention on the education system. Like, why are only 15% of kids, black kids in America, reading on level and 13 mm -hmm. doing math on level? Like, that's ridiculous. And mm -hmm. that is not new. It's been the case right. for decades now. Right. That's and not COVID. That's already. What yeah, that's not a COVID that's thing. That's not COVID. Right. Exactly. And many people, even with what's happening in earlier people are saying oh COVID COVID no these this is a true injustice to graduate students um and them them not be able to read like that's a true injustice and then we pump these kids into the criminal justice system because where else are they going to go are they really going to college are they going out and getting trades no because they can't read mm -hmm. and you know, I, I, like I said, bottled up all those frustrations in an op-ed, and it kind of spiraled into what we have today. Um, we have a, a great movement to, one, educate the public and let them know that education freedom is the way. It's a feasible alternative to making um, corrections and some of the, the deepest societal injustices that we have today, which is my opinion when it comes to promoting Black excellence, when we talk about promoting um you know a black people like the one thing to do is give them a great education give these kids a great education and um we also do the work through um spotlighting and uh, uh showcasing our black school founders um one of the cool things that i stumbled upon was education entrepreneurship and how mm -hmm. it's not just uh a thing that benefits students and families like we've seen now because it's been around for so long that school choice actually has benefited the educator and that educate educators have freedom 
to create and launch school environments. They're now able to be innovators Mm -hmm. and true practitioners in the space. And so that's been such a fabulous um, thing to to do. And um, yeah, that's Black Minds Matter. You can go to, yep, you can go to our website, blackmindsmatter.net. We have our national summit coming up, um, which this is the second year. So really excited about it in DC. And you can um, find that out too on the website. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I I love, that is one of the best things I think about doing this podcast is just the wealth of information that is out there and the avenues um, that can be explored. That, that Learning about people in right, the fight too. Right, yeah. all the people that are just coming together for this common purpose to educate our kids and educate them the way we know is most beneficial, I think can't be said enough. So thank you so much today for your time. Denisha Allen, thank you so much at the American Federation for Children. We appreciate you. Thank you, Chris and Christina. There's a lot in that, a lot in in that conversation that we just came out of. And I I know, you know, you and I talk specifically about, um, I, I send you things as I come across them that I know when it comes to these tax scholarships or with these scholarships using tax money, I think, it's good to keep hearing from people like Denisha because yeah. I think it helps continue that conversation. And those it really, it offers me ways to say, you know what, here's another person to come listen to. Here's somebody else that is a direct benefit of it. And so th- what you're saying isn't actually accurate. And I want you to hear, you know, yeah, from someone I, that, I don't that know. has it. I, and I, I know we've done shows about this before and I, it just yeah. feels circular. I, I think people that are committed to the idea that if the state grants you money that's yours, that that means control mm-hmm. over you. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, well, I will tell you where it's coming from mostly now. Yes, there is. It is within the homeschool community at times. And I understand. I do understand why. I think they've had a long fight for a long time. I understand. Yes. That I get. I am now starting to see it within conservative groups um, fighting because the bill wasn't written quite correctly that is pushing, you know, this piece of it on. Or uh, I, there's a woman actually. Uh, She's not local, but she's out of Missouri. Um, she She's very vocal in asking people to be cautious about jumping on the school choice train is the way she phrases it. And, um, you know, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about some of this, but it's interesting to me when I watch, I'll go to comment on something she says, not in a mean way, just more in a questioning way. She'll take my comments off. She'll, she'll block certain people. She won't let people comment, but she continues to say, we have to have this conversation. Uh, school choice may not be the answer. You know, talking about the funding, we do not want any government control in any piece of our lives, you know, and this is in conservative circles starting to happen. And it's, yeah, well, it is, I mean, she's clearly a coward who doesn't want to debate issues. I well, mean, and she, but she will say she isn't one because she'll host Zooms and she'll have people on, but then she'll say, if you're affiliated with SEAM, for example, which is an organization out of Missouri or, you know, the Show Me Institute, please, please let people know that so they know where you're coming from when you're sharing information about this school choice or funding and, it's and interesting the thing about people like that is do they ever offer their own solution or is it just about nitpicking Hers, everybody else who's trying to make a change she's interesting because she she does talk about the fact that she did pull her kids out of school um but she continues to just say she's not sure that these tax credits that these education savings accounts okay, are and, the way to go and so she doesn't have to take a nickel agree agree i i understand that i what i worry does she um i don't know 
I don't know, but when we... It's, when we, it's tiring to listen right, to people say the right. same thing when it's very, very simple. Don't take the don't money. Don't take the money. Just shut up right. and don't take the money. I, I'm not uh, arguing with like you, per se. There's nothing to discuss. There is zero to discuss with these people. Well, perfect, if you don't We're want, good. If you don't want school choice, don't take the damned money. But then I they're fighting back against the legislators that are going to put things forward. I oh, am just sharing so Lord. people in our as, audience as though, hear this. <laughs> as though the option, as though the alternative is just stay where yeah. we are. Right. I mean, what would you no. have us do Agree. then? Agree. There is not a panacea. Right. There is no perfect institution. There is yes. no perfect government solution to anything. Of course, if we yeah. all had it to do over again, yeah, we'd just blow up the Department of Education and we would all homeschool and there would be right. no such thing right. as centralized education. But that's yeah. not the reality of it right it's, it's just so damned unrealistic and frankly it's ignorance it's just flat ignorance because you don't understand what you're talking about government money is our money, money it is not money they yes. made government yeah. makes nothing they don't make anything well, and that's it's why not i wanted to specifically ask her ask denisha oh, about this because it drives me nuts but it's people. such a good thing to keep asking people right or to keep saying it's a bunch of ill-informed malcontents right. who aren't happy right. unless nitpicking. I mean, they're not yeah. contributing to this debate. They're not trying to make anything better. They live in their own insular right. little world and they don't want to improve on anything. No, it's a fun, it's, it's just, I watch a oh. lot of it and I read a lot of it. And of course I'm getting inundated from people with clips of this is what happened. You know, I just think it's important to keep having that conversation, to keep reiterating some well, of it, even though I know it frustrates you. Bring them to me. <laughs> I'd like a moment. Important. I've got some thoughts. I know it's important. Sit though, on your little blogs where you're king and yes. queen of your conversation. And Why don't you come into the, yeah, yeah come I into know. the public discourse and let's have it out. I, well, and speaking of coming into the public discourse, uh, I think that's um, not her. I don't want her. that woman. <laughs> She's not welcome. <laughs> I think it is important to come together. And I'm excited because we do have an opportunity for people to come together just to go ahead and focus on this podcast, which when I encounter people like this, I think it is good that we are doing what we are doing because we have an avenue to counter the misinformation that is my goal when i bring things up because i think we have to counter it i think we have to create community around it create solidarity and i think celebrate the wins and achievements and we've got them happening yeah. in missouri and we've got them courtesy of organizations like herzog yeah. and so i'm super excited to go ahead and have um our one year celebration coming up april 24th here at the herzog foundation it's and be fun. i'm excited just to have people live audience live show kind of like what you and i do up here um, with people, you know, people asking questions, interaction with the audience, but space is limited on that. We mentioned that last week, I believe, too, that space is limited. It is, um, you know, first come, first serve type thing. So you do need to go online, go on to Herzog Foundation, the website, um, and go ahead and sign up and say, I'm coming with a guest. I'm coming with two people. I'm, you know, that you kind of thing. You could bring a bus of people. You can bring neighbors. Which would be so fun. A carpool up here. I think it's a great idea. Free Miss, food, Miss free Hill. drink. Uh, and uh, it's it's a limited amount of people, though. Is, we don't right. have room for a right. ton. So uh, if you think this sounds interesting, bring a group of people from your school. We'd love mm -hmm. to have, uh, if they're Christian schools, you know, in the area or maybe Founded people that are working at founding yeah. schools, starting schools. I'd love to have, I think just having those people come together and, and know these aren't just faces or names. These are real life people that have put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into things. Um, and I would I would love to be able to, say hello, shake hands, um, and introduce people to one another. I think that's part of the, that's a, one of the best things that we've come across with that. So that is April 24th. Um, visit the website for Herzog, um, Herzog Foundation, um, and, and just kind of 
give it a give it a thought. Spend you know, an April night with us. The thing is, uh, and I, I I guess I'll apologize that I got a little emotional there. But the thing <laughs> is, here's what happened just yesterday. Just yesterday, as of this recording on my radio show, this subject came up, and a woman called me. She is the mother of four, and she and her husband, who's a public school teacher. They have decided to take their kids and put them into a private Christian education, and 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 she basically confessed to me on the air before God and everybody that mm-hmm. their their money is just squeezing them to death. And I said to her, as we were talking about Ron DeSantis and school choice, mm-hmm. I said to her, "What if the state of Missouri?" And I forgot the woman's name. I said, mm-hmm. "What if I gave you six thousand dollars each mm-hmm. for your four kids?" Just the the imagination of it, just the thought of it, this woman began to cry live on the radio show. Mm. And when I think about that woman, and then I hear this malcontent, no nothing, (laughs) start mouthing and joying, be careful about... Well, Mm -hmm. I know that there are people who are trying to raise their children right. They're trying their best to save their kids. They're invested, and they need help, damn it. They need help. And it is fine for these people to chirp on the sidelines. Well, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. No, nothing is. But you know what's not perfect are people out there struggling who are trying to save their kids. And they do need some help. And so if this tax advantage, uh, you know, school choice really came to fruition for them, it would be meaningful to them. And I I just, you know, it's it's fine for a person like this to say, that's not perfect. I suppose she's probably made of money. She's probably rolling in dough and doesn't have to sweat it. I don't know her personal background, but I I guarantee she's got more than enough money. And it's only people with money and means that talk like that. The people that are trying to save their kids with Christian education and are struggling to get by, they could use that help. That's all. Well, no, and I, I don't, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. That's it. <laughs> I guess we wrap it up now. Sorry. I, that, oh, well, I, just, and I wanted to it. show I you, but it. I, yeah, no, I know, but mm. there, she's a legit, she's got like a legit organization and all kinds well, of things. Get, let me add her. I'd, I'd love a minute with her myself. I bet she wouldn't come on the program though. Well, anyway, <clears throat> <laughs> that'll do. That's it. Come to the event. I'm not going to hassle you. I won't hurt you when you come. I promise. <laughs> We're all friends here. Oh, it just frosts me. Frosts me. I was like, are we cutting this out? But I think, no, we're just no, going to no, leave it leave as it. is because I think uh, it's important. Maybe it will impact our reviews. I hope you'll give a five-star <laughs> review and a written review or or write nasty, mm-hmm. surly things. But, you know, le- sign your name so that we can have an open debate about it, all right? Uh, so so thank you for your written reviews and your five-star reviews, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and we'll, we'll do it again next week and my blood pressure will be lower. <laughs> all right? We'll see you next week right here. Making the Leap is a podcast presentation courtesy of the Herzog Foundation. Please rate and comment on the show as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Making the Leap.